literally has changed our life from her saying, I think he might have ADHD. And it all happened really quickly after that. Welcome to Precarious Parenting, the podcast series for people feeling overwhelmed by family life in general. Do you often wonder whether you're doing it right? Or do you wonder whether it's okay to be just a good enough parent? My name is Marie Arimar, founder of Realization Works, guiding young people and parents back to clearer thinking. And this podcast series provides the opportunity to hear real people sharing real stories about how they manage to see beyond their overwhelm. Today I'm with a very dear friend, Becky Whitcroft. Uh, Becky and I have been friends since 1991. Long time. Uh, Becky's a voice artist and a sound engineer. In fact, you will have heard her lots of places without knowing it. So hi, Becky. Hi, Marie. So, um, Becky, we're going to talk today about um, your son who has a diagnosis of um, ADHD. And I'm really looking forward to having this chat with you. Uh, but first of all, could you just explain your, your setup at home with your family life and your work life? Yeah, sure. So, um, so it, there's the four of us. So it's myself and my husband. And I've got two boys. Uh, Sam is 12. He's just started secondary school. And Archie, who um, has got ADHD and dyslexia, and he's 10. So he's in year five. And how does your how does your um, your lockdown world work? Because you you have a studio at home, don't you, for your, your working life? Yeah, so I work full time. I'm in a studio in the back garden. It used to be our garage. Um, so and my husband's up, he's been furlough, so he's been really helping out lots with school work, which is brilliant. I think he's missed his vocation in life. Um, he's been helping my older son mainly and I've been dealing with Archie slightly more challenging (laughs) with homeschooling as you can imagine um yes but with work work's work's been fairly quiet over lockdown so it's been not too much of a problem (laughs) that's good news that's good to hear so so tell me about the lead up to Archie's diagnosis so what were you noticing when did you start to notice um, behaviours that were causing you some concern and then how were things going at school so so really that story leading up to diagnosis well um we always knew from an early age that Archie was um incredibly boisterous and active and um kind of uh slightly different to his older brother um who's fairly relaxed and you know fairly calm he's um so we noticed even from a toddler you could tell that he was different you know he'd be into everything he'd be that kid that you go to a soft play and you can hear them from the other side of the hall screaming or shouting or like falling off something or breaking something um he would be the kid that's having the tantrum trying to walk somewhere he would be it, you, you they would it was just obvious right from an early age it um it, it would be difficult to take him into kind of places like restaurants would we would avoid that going out for meals or um we would probably avoid 
uh, big crowds and there was always something going on. Um, but I think really it came to our attention, put it into focus was when he was about six and at school they said, um, we think that he might have some sensory issues and um so that was a bit of like oh right okay so I didn't really know anything about that so um obviously went and researched that and found out what whatever I could we got him um a private um assessment um and they said yeah he's got some mild sensory issues which make it hard for him to concentrate um and then that was it kind of that was that was it nothing really happened for a really long time and then when he got to about nine um he was increasingly more angry more aggressive making terrible decisions it got to the point really where I was getting phone calls from school where he's fighting he's like actually punched somebody in the face he's like lost or losing all of his friendships nobody wants to hang out with him and there was obviously something like literally sort of screamingly obvious that something was going on and I remember that was a really difficult time for you because um there's so much fear involved in what was going on for him and I remember you saying that he was the school was sort of putting him on his own at times and saying that he should be in the special educational needs group and and he's obviously a really bright lad so I remember that uh, particular time. Yeah, so, I mean, I think they, um, because of his behaviour, he was obviously really struggling. And so the, the outcome of that was that he was angry because he couldn't do the work as such. And then he's getting punished for having bad behaviour or not listening or not getting his work done. Um, and so, yeah, they would put him into separate, put him into isolation which is literally like the opposite of what really, if you think that this kid's got some sensory stuff going on, then uh, the opposite of what you should do really is to stick him on his own and let him climb the walls. Yeah, it was difficult. It was a really difficult time. And just try, I think it also, they was, the school were picking up on the fact that he could be dyslexic as well. And so I was really pushing for them to get the dyslexia diagnosis that was really important to me because I thought that would be the key it's because he's dyslexic he can't he can't do the work he's finding it really hard he's all everything's jumbled up he's get he's getting angry he's lashing out but yeah yeah they would put him into sensory groups and he and it was just really bad for his confidence as well he would just think of himself as the you know that there's something wrong or that he's stupid and it really took a real bashing on his self-confidence definitely yeah and that's hard to see isn't it so hard to to see that happening with your child yeah definitely yeah it wasn't the same at home at that point with like (laughs) older brother oh well um yeah it's uh yeah it was pretty tough I remember saying to you about a holiday we went on and uh it was just carnage it was just everyone shouting everyone fighting him and his brother are very close in age so they do clash um and they're very different as well um 
yeah, it was a really tough time. And it was all literally hinging on Archie's behaviour, which is terrible because, poor thing, like, everything, if he woke up in a terrible mood, it would literally define how the day was going to go. And so all of us are, like, hinging on whether or not he's happy. And if he's happy, everyone else is happy. Um, but, yeah, it's really difficult, really difficult time. Just a whole load of unknowns and misunderstandings yeah and just I think like you just it's like it drip fed like when Archie gets um angry he's really rude and he's obnoxious and he's lashing out and he might you know physically lash out to me or to my husband and always lashes out at his brother and it, if you had that drip 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 for so long of like your patience is run down um and knowing now what we know we can kind of parent him with a bit more understanding and a bit more patience um and looking back obviously he's you you shout at a child if they're naughty and you you punish them or you put them you take things away or you try and that did no good at all it would make everything worse (laughs) yeah Yeah. gosh it's such a steep learning curve isn't it when you know not only do we not have training to be parents but we don't have training to be you know amateur psychologists and you know (laughs) yeah totally so so leading up to Archie's assessment then and the diagnosis um how, how did that go you know what happened and and how did you feel about him you know, having a label, and I've sort of got inverted commas for the word label, you know, how did you feel about that process going ahead? Well, um, it all came about from the dyslexia diagnosis. So we were really pushing for them to, to, to find out for sure whether he was dyslexic. I felt that this all hinged on this dyslexia. Um, and it took such a long time and I've spoken to so many parents that have been through similar it took took years just to get a dyslexia diagnosis and I don't know if it's because he was still so young so probably from the age of seven to nine um and that whole time was really difficult for him he had a terrible bullying and difficult time at school and so eventually we got this diagnosis yes he's dyslexic and I was literally I was so happy (laughs) which is really weird because you would think that you know it wouldn't be that way at all like oh gosh poor kid he's gonna struggle but it, it it all hinged on that. And then from the dyslexia, they can put into place all these systems. The school are all set up for it. They've got, you know, tools they can use. They know how to teach that. And we were, I was sat in a Senko meeting and the, the Senko just said, um, so, you know, I really feel like Archie might have ADHD and I was like, well, I don't know, because I've read a lot about it and I don't really think he displays all of the symptoms. Some of the symptoms, yes, but not all of them. I don't really know. And she said, do you think we should just go and get a test, like an assessment for ADHD? I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. And then um, it literally has changed our life from her saying, I think he might have ADHD. Um, And it all happened really quickly after that. 
referred to the hospital, to the consultants, the paediatric consultants. You do lots of tests and the school had to answer lots of um, questionnaires as well. And then it came back, yeah, he's got ADHD. Um, right. So what was, I think, frightening for me wasn't getting the diagnosis. It was like, well, what do we do now? What do we do with that information? Yeah, that's really interesting. There's lots of interesting things in there, but one of them is how come do you think, so you paid for your first sensory um, assessment that was done privately, then you pushed and pushed and pushed to get the dyslexia assessment by really, and sometimes it's true, you have to be a pushy parent with school because there's, there's so many children who need support, I guess. Yeah. And then suddenly when this one Senko spotted there may be ADHD uh, symptoms then it happened really quickly so I think I was really lucky as well to be honest because that one person spotted it yeah and also just I, I've spoken to people that are still waiting years down the line for an ADHD diagnosis and I think um, a lot of the initial um, I think what they try and do is say it's your parenting, which is really hard to hear. And they said they said it to us a lot as well. Rather than go down the line of getting uh, a clinical diagnosis, is that they try to go down the line of it's a it's a um, social thing that the the reason that they're displaying these behaviours is because of a social thing. So it's the way they've been brought up is your parenting is really difficult. I think I've been really lucky with the school. They've been amazing. Really, really lucky that it happened so quickly. Yeah. What is um really weird, I didn't know if I told you this, was um when I when we got I went to the consultants, um Archie was with me at the hospital and he said when he gave me the diagnosis and he said um so uh what medication do you want to go on and I was like what and um yeah well what medication what you know let's talk about medi and I was like no 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 there's no way I'm not gonna I'm not gonna medicate him there's no way I'm not gonna give him drugs no and he's like what are you doing here why are you here and I was like oh wow okay and that was a that was a real moment because I thought oh okay, it's not just you, like, now you know it's going to be fixed. You actually have to do something about it. Mm. So that was a real shock. I just never thought that I would even consider giving him drugs ever. But, yeah. <laughs> and that's really interesting that the consultant said, well, what are you actually doing here then? It must be that a lot of people ask for medication then. I guess I think um, that maybe I was so naive and maybe because it happened so quickly I hadn't given it the research that I maybe should have but it was it was um in my head I thought oh we'll solve this with parenting skills with the school or have all these systems set up that's going to make it much easier for him now we all know so it's all going to be fine but actually you know it's it's a medical condition it's a chemical imbalance in the brain and that's what I wasn't looking at I was looking at it as just I don't know like a, a learning difficulty but it's not it's like having a I don't know a heart 
murmur or something it's a medical condition and um yeah it was a bit I had to kind of like go away and really have a chat with Nick and we've had to really delve into the research about the medication because you know there's a lot of stigma I think about medicating your your child as well which I did come across from a few people um and how did you resolve that in yourselves, you and Nick? How did you, how did you resolve the fact that there was stigma from others? You know, it, I'm not sure what right other people have to look in on anyone, but well, um, it's. I mean, we're not really the sort of people that care that much about. It doesn't really matter what other people think, really. It was all about Archie and trying to make his. He was really struggling, and so it was our job to make to find out the best way forward for him um and um we you know we chatted about it for a really long time and eventually we came to the decision that we kind of owe it to him to at least try it and um it's a bit scary because there's quite a lot of side effects that you can get with the type of medication um but don't we owe it to him and his education to just give it a go because you can just stop the tablets if they or if it's horrible, if he hates it. Whereas, you know, um, the, what you can't stop is the fact that he's lost his friends, he's lost his confidence, he's probably going head on into depression if he carries on, everyone hates him, I'm rubbish, I'm everything's negative in his life. So don't we owe it to him to just give it a go? <laughs> So how did you decide on the medication? I mean, I guess you had, it couldn't just been down to you as a... You know, the consultant um, gave us the options and we, the, yeah, the only options really, you have a, he has a slow release tablet, so you give it to him at breakfast time and by the time he comes home from school, it's worn, it's out of his system completely. So it's not something that you, that has to build up. It's something that you can stop. You can not give it to him at weekends or you can give it give it to him when he needs it and 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 i know that archie's involved in his own medication so can you talk a bit about that about his his um his role in deciding when he takes it yeah so he knows that if um if he doesn't have a decent breakfast then he knows that he's going to feel a bit woozy so he i'm trying to get him to take responsibility for making sure that he's got a full stomach when he has his tablet. And um, interesting, like with lockdown, it's not the routine's gone. So it's difficult. Um, it's not normal life, is it really? So he's been deciding uh, when he has his, when he has his tablet on a, would be like a school day when he's got schoolwork to do. And then some days he'll say, oh, mummy, I just don't, I don't want to take a tablet. I'm going to go and play with blah, blah in the field and run around with my kite. So I'm not going to take a tablet today. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because uh, he knows he's more active when he's not having his tablet. Um, yeah, I try to involve him in the decisions as much as I can. And, and how's, how's it been at school because I know he was taking the tablet before lockdown so what have you seen differently since he's been taking the medication it was literally from day one it was such an incredible difference it was his teacher came out 
uh, and said he can't believe the difference. He's concentrate concentrating. He's not lashing out. He's in, a bit more interested in school. He's he's um his friendships are all coming back because they can see that he's not so angry possibly he's a bit more he's just generally happier at school it was it was like turning a tap on it was incredible really the difference um and it was just lovely to see so as the weeks went on you know he's getting invited to play dates again where he hasn't hadn't for a really long time and he's coming home and he's really happy and he's not coming home and really upset about you know so and so called me this and um no phone calls from school it was literally an immediate change it was amazing and now I can see we're a few months on like say six months on and um his confidence is back and he's really just his really happy boy again, which is amazing. So I feel like we did the right thing. <laughs> That's so good to hear. So what are your um, hopes and fears for Archie now? You know, when you, when you think about his schooling now, do you, do you have a sense of hope that he is able to stay on track? Well, I do worry. I worry about secondary school I'm really pleased that this has all happened while we're still in junior school. And I do, and seeing his brother start secondary school and how much work they have to do and how intense it is, um, it does worry me because he's, because he's dyslexic and he's probably not quite where he needs to be academically. I think he lost a lot of time being naughty and suffering really with his um with himself yeah it does worry me about secondary school I don't really know how that's going to be I imagine I'm going to be having lots of conversations with their Senko team and just trying to find out what I imagine secondary schools have a really clear path of um what to do I don't know and those but the, how do you feel about the fact that you have these assessments, so you have these um, labels, for want of a better mm -hmm. word. Do you feel that that gives you much more scope for discussion with secondary school about the, um, the support network that's going to be put in place for him? Yeah, definitely. The fact that he has a diagnosis is a real thing, so I'm hoping that that will open they will take me serious they'll take it seriously um what worries me though you talk about labels and I think um it worries me to think that they he they will put him in this box he's ADHD so you know they might uh whether he'll reach his full potential because he'll always be the kid with ADHD um I don't know I think um Archie being the character that he is he'll fly with certain things so he's amazing at problem solving and practical things he might not be as academic as other kids but I think he'll fly in other areas but at secondary school whether or not they'll give him you know the scope to 
to to get involved in things that he's really interested in I don't know I don't know it'll all be it'll all be new and (laughs) exciting it will be new and the thing that I know about you and you've already said in this podcast is how much effort you put into having open discussions with the school and and I'm sure you'll do that with the secondary school as well armed with these assessments which are so valuable and also you know really recognizing that those fears come from us the adults because I know Archie won't have those fears he's just really enjoying having fun with his mates and he's really enjoying everything now and I think Archie will continue to do that enjoy the things that he's good at that's right um you're right it is um it's our perception of uh, because we're projecting you know because it, it's so important secondary school and exams and therefore your future your it's like your whole pathway to um your future um uh hopefully he'll be fine and the school hopefully that he's going to have got a, a really good school so hopefully it'll be all right I think I think Archie's going to become one of those amazing um, startups, you know, where he's a billionaire with something <laughs> that he's just had the energy to take take and go for it and play what school. Yeah. I, I told him when he got diagnosed, we pull up this list of like you know amazing um, entrepreneurs and famous successful people that are ADHD or um, yeah, and he's like, oh okay. <laughs> There's always hope. There is always hope. Um, and, and I also believe, uh, I'm certain that we have unlimited potential. There's so much potential. We don't have to fit into anybody's idea of what potential looks like. And when I see Archie, I just see a bundle of potential. It's interesting you say that as well, because like, um, so I think part of the decision about um, medicating as well is... Um, a friend of mine said to me, why would you, why would you even consider that? It's just the school's way or it's just um, society's way of putting, making him fit into uh, what the, the mold of what they expect a pupil to be. And that's not him. He's not like that. And what, so why would you medicate him to make him like that? And it really kind of bothered me. It's like, well, God, you know, is that what I'm doing? Am I kind of, you know, packaging him up into a model student, be quiet, sit still, concentrate, um, when obviously we should celebrate, you know, the kids that are different and zany and, you know, and it's a really difficult decision. It's not easy. And so looking back then, what would be your message, you know, exactly from that point, you know, what would be your message to other people who maybe, you know, parents who are just finding or, or, or concerned that there might be some ADHD or dyslexia or some other form of um, condition that is holding their child back in that, in that, that, that way of schooling or just progression? What would be your message then to other people? I would say that it's not all um it's not all doom and gloom I think that people are scared that this person that's met, that said that about the medication is somebody that probably uh is a bit scared of medicine is a bit scared of the science and I would say it's also not just about school so if you look at Archie's home life 
it's so different now he's he's happy we're not all screaming at each other we're you know it's um he's a he's a happy boy and I think as a parent that's all you really want at, at the end of the day if it means that he can succeed a bit better at school then great if it means that he's just happier more well-rounded less there's less negativity around him then you kind of like I said you just we felt we just owed it to him even just to try it it might not be for everybody yeah but yeah it's success in his case well it's so lovely to hear and and I think I think you're right I think what I've heard you say is keep communication going keep pushing the school and GP and any other um, organizational network out there and then make the decision as a family based on right for the child so Becky it's so so lovely to talk to you and I think this is a really important topic actually and I think it's I think people will really value to hear your version of of the story of ADHD and if anybody wanted to chat to you would it be possible for them to make contact with you and if so how would be you know what would be the best way to get hold of you yeah sure I'd be happy to chat about it I mean I can only say from what we've been through I don't I'm no expert but um my uh, email address is beckywhitcroft at hotmail.com it's been such a pleasure talking to you no worries lovely to lovely to speak to you you've been listening to precarious parenting by realization works Subscribe to realizationworks.com to access more resources, including monthly blogs written to be shared with younger people.